This episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast was brought to you by Venus Concept Australia. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Dr. Alice Rudd from Skin Depth Dermatology. Dr. Rudd is a general and cosmetic dermatologist affiliated with the Alfred Hospital Melbourne and the Skin Health Institute in Carlton of Victoria. Dr. Rudd completed her medical degree at Monash University, Melbourne, and pursued her postgraduate dermatology studies through the Australasian College of Dermatologists, and she is also a qualified yoga teacher. Dr. Rudd has worked for many years in all areas of dermatology with patients who suffer from sun damage, skin cancer, pigmentation, acne and acne scarring, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, and is completely passionate about helping those who suffer with these debilitating diseases through a combination of medical and natural therapies. Dr. Rudd strongly believes in a natural, holistic approach to the aesthetics of beauty and tailors her treatment based on the client's individual skin needs, which leads to maximum clinical results with minimal downtime in a safe, caring environment at her rooms in St. Kilda. Dr. Alice Rudd shares with us her love and passion for study and education how client concerns can differ as we age, and why she has adapted her own approach to treating skin outside of the theoretical knowledge used by many other dermatologists. From Skin Depth Dermatology, today we welcome Dr. Alice Rudd. Thank you for having me, Tamara. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, We start back all the way at the beginning of our guest career by finding out how they entered into the industry, and I'd love to start with you there today. Well, I guess my journey started way back when I was a medical student um, and at the start of my medical career, I realised that I, would, I wanted to do something that was a holistic approach to medicine and that ticked a lot of boxes for me. Um, I didn't think I could be a super specialised person, but I wanted something broad, but that I could treat patients from a whole discipline of areas. And I guess the reason I got into dermatology is that for me, it was a perfect mix of being able to diagnose skin conditions, so giving people answers, treating their skin conditions and making them better, um, but also looking for clues as to other things that are happening. So there's an incredible amount of rashes and skin conditions that are actually the result of internal things. And so you get to use your brain, you get to delve a little bit deeper than the skin which I think, you know, as a, as a clinician, I find that really interesting. And there's so many links between the gut and what's happening internally in the skin. And then, of course, I get to do surgery. I get to cut out skin cancers and renew, remove benign lesions. So it appealed to the slight surgeon in me. And then I got to make people look better by doing cosmetic treatments or enhancing treatments. So, so for me, it sort of it addressed all the things that I love about medicine. 
and what I love about people. And the skin, I think, as I've said, is, is, is such an avenue to provide holistic care, which I don't think you get in a lot of other medical specialties. Yeah, absolutely. So it's ticking all the different boxes for you and highlighting all of your passions. Where did that holistic love prior to even kind of knowing the skin and being in, in medicine come from? I think, um, you know, we all have our own journey. I had, um, I had a skin journey. I had terrible, terrible acne. Um, and I suffered a lot of mental health problems as a result of that. And I think it sort of slightly affected the way I developed and the way I interacted with people. And I, I think I realised the importance of treating skin specifically, not just being the skin. It was, it was treating so much more of me than just the skin. And I, I know that I changed as a person after my skin improved because I just felt so much more confident. And it really, you know, I suffered from depression and anxiety because of my skin. Mm. And I, I just thought, God, you know, no one really can appreciate that unless you've been through that. And I get it. So I guess it started way back when I was 16. <laughs> and I knew from then that there was, you know, you had, there had to be a link and you had to, to treat all of, all of you, all of the person. Yeah, incredible. I think always when we understand something and we get it, it's so much easier to, you know, help the person who's in front of us because we're so much more relatable. And, you know, from a personal level as well, we do want to help them out just that tiny bit more. Oh, um, did, the, um, did the study and the thought of more school on top of medical school ever worry you? Because I think that's yeah. something that a lot of people, you know, they want to do dermatology because they see, you know, Dr. Pimble Popper and people like yourself, but the, the um, you know, the study kind of scares them. Um, the, the study didn't scare me. I'm a geek. I love study. I could, I wish I could still study more, but I've done 13 years, so that's plenty. Um, no, it didn't, that didn't bother me at all. I loved, because I loved what I was studying. I think if it had been a subject that I didn't love, I probably would have been terribly bored. But for me, it wasn't study and it wasn't work. It was just fascinating. So I'm quite a geek about, about that. So, but it is, but it was a, like a huge journey. And I mean, it's definitely not for the faint hearted. I had 13 years of exams and tutorials and, you know, 16 hour days. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a hard, hard slog. And I guess if I had to choose would I do it again, I don't know. It was, it was 13 years out of my life. But, but I'm incredibly grateful for the knowledge that I have and the teaching that I had to be able to impart that on people and provide advice and management that helps them. So, you know, it was a great journey, but it was certainly a very, very tough one. Yeah, interesting. I'm curious as to know, and as you probably know now, um, when a beauty therapist or a skin specialist completes their course, it's difficult for them to find employment right away because they don't have immediate experience. Is that the same in the medical world or because you've got a lot of experience in the prac hours, is that not so? No, it's, it's not like that. I mean, as a dermatologist, trained dermatologist, we may only train four or five a year that get, you know, out the other end of, of dermatology school. So there's, you know, you're so prepared to see your first patient on that first day. You know, there's so much practical of seeing every patient with every condition that you really just, you jump straight in. And there's, and there's oodles of work for, for dermatologists. I mean, it, the employment is not, it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue as it would be, say, in beauty. I mean, I'm not so aware of what the um, restrictions are there. But in terms of experience, you are ready day one. Yeah, I mean, 13 years of school, definitely you'd hope yeah, you're ready. <laughs> you'd hope so. 
<laughs> Amazing. So did you go straight into business ownership once you had qualified dermatology or how did you go about becoming a business owner? I worked, um, no, I worked for two years in other practices, so in other dermatology practices, to get a bit of a feeling for how different businesses were run and what I liked and what I didn't like. And about two years into my consultant career, I decided that there wasn't um, a service that was providing what I thought the industry needed. And I guess from my point of view, I wanted to provide a holistic approach that wasn't really found in any of the places that I worked. It was very much referral from your GP, get your sins sorted, off you go. And so because I couldn't see that that was happening, I really wanted to provide that for patients and I didn't feel I could give them the best experience. So, so it took me two years to sort of build up the courage to start my own business. Um, and then I just jumped in thinking I would sink, but, you know, we swam. And I guess I learned a lot. I had no business training. No one was telling me what to do. I just learned it. I had 13 years of dermatology training. I had not one day of business training. And, you know, I recruited all of my friends who'd worked in business or in corporate world. And I just took little bits of everything and I made something. Amazing. What's um, the biggest lesson that business ownership has taught you along the way? I think the need to let go. I, like a lot of doctors, am quite self-confessed type A personality. I think you have to be to stick to that level of study and to get to get to where you are at the end. And I have a great desire for everything to be perfect and I need everything to run smoothly and I need to make a correct diagnosis every time. But when you run a business and you're responsible for people, it doesn't happen that way. And I think the biggest learning curve for me was just learning to accept that not everything will be perfect. It'll be fine, but it won't be perfect, but that's also okay. And I think you just have to relinquish that attachment to every, everything needing to be a certain way. And for me, that was really tough and quite confronting. But I think probably from a business point of view, you know, I needed to learn that skill and for a life skill as well. You know, not everything goes how you want it to go. You kind of have to accept that things don't always go along the trajectory that you expect or want. So... So I think that letting go was one of the biggest learning curves for me. After the break, Dr. Alice shares with us how she leads and hosts a team of multi-talented and diverse practitioners in her space at Skin Depth. But first, a word from today's Beauté Partners. Community, I am beyond excited to introduce to you the latest in laser hair removal, the EpiLeave, an innovative new tabletop device and the latest to launch from Venus Concept Australia. Venus Epileve has been brought to market to fill the gap between skin and aesthetic clinics being able to provide laser hair removal services for their clients as a cost-effective and easy-to-use tabletop solution that will generate a positive return on investment to aesthetic practices. Epileve's design has clearly been well thought out. It's refreshingly compact, taking up only a small footprint on your benchtop or cupboard, and complements even the smallest spaces, perfect for compact tables or trolleys that wheel between treatment rooms. The device features a foot switch for safety, of course, and its ergonomic applicator is designed for left and right hand use so that every therapist in your clinic feels comfortable when using it. Preset parameters and an auditory guidance system make it incredibly easy to operate and ensure the results are more predictable and consistent from client to client. 
Venus Concept have designed EpiLeave with affordability in mind and offer financing options suitable for all investment and repayment levels with their unique subscription acquisition plan, a fully customizable interest-free monthly payment plan with no hidden costs, which is absolutely incredible. Get in touch with the team by visiting www.venusconcept.com forward slash au to learn more. Thank you so much to the team at Venus Concept for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Dr. Alice. And that too is similar when treating skin. I mean, something external or internal can disrupt the kind of course that you've put the client on. And sometimes obviously, you know, we try and control the treatment as much as possible or the prescription as much as possible. But if the client's that variable factor isn't coming to the party, well then also, you know, that that's almost out of our hands as well in terms of that, that control and letting go part. But I wanted to ask you because your work has been specifically focused around rosacea and also psoriasis, what attracted you to kind of go down those two skin conditions out of all? Um, oh, look, I think probably my main, my main focus in skin has been on inflammatory dermatoses. So I guess that encompasses rosacea, psoriasis and acne. I mean, probably I would say half my practice, if not more, is acne. Mm-hmm. So anything that's inflammatory has is, is of real keen interest to me because of that link to the internal. Skin cancer, skin cancer, yes, it's important to diagnose. We know it's from sun, but the inflammatory stuff is more difficult to wade through and often, and so therefore for me, more interesting about learning what the interaction is between the skin and other things in a person's environment and life. So I guess from also from that point of view, inflammatory skin conditions can be quite debilitating, not just, you know, physically, but mentally. And so improving those kind of inflammatory conditions, I think, creates a much better life for someone. So, for example, with psoriasis, you know, I've got patients who won't date because they're in their 20s and they're covered in psoriasis and everywhere mm. they walk, they've got scaly skin on the floor and they've got to vacuum up after themselves and they won't wear black. So why, why would anyone want to date me? And, you know, that, those kind of things is really, that's important in someone in their teens and 20s. You need to be out there doing those things. You won't go for a certain job. So, you know, there are medications that we can give people and, and management plans that will clear their skin and they become different people and then they get the job and then they get the girlfriend. And, you know, so I think that that's part of what attracts me with psoriasis. I guess rosacea is, has always attracted me because it's such a difficult condition to understand. Acne is quite, is relatively more simple. Rosacea is just so multifactorial. Mm. And I guess that's the thing that most dermatologists can't be bothered with rosacea. They just give antibiotics and send you on your way because that's, it's too hard to delve into all the different trigger factors and all the different skin pathways. Like everyone's rosacea is so different. Mm. So I guess for me, I like the hard work of getting the results with rosacea because you sort of have to delve, delve more deeply into it. Um, and, you know, a bit the same with acne, I guess. There's a lot of different, a lot of different trigger factors and a lot of different things that could be going on in a person's life. And, you know, we like to try and combine medication with skincare, with, with treatments, um, to provide a sort of well-balanced approach. 
Mm, every day is a new challenge with different oh, skin. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there people in their teens and also their 20s, and I know you do a lot of work with children. I'm wondering, do you see a, a difference in the way that skin conditions present and impact people in, in you know, their teens and in when they're kind of children, I guess, childhood, compared to adults? And is there a noticeable difference? There's different. And children get different kinds of skin conditions to what adults get. So kids aren't going to get skin cancer, for example, but mm. well, very rarely, but they will get things like eczema and birthmarks and, you know, warts and molasses. So they will get things that are unique to kids. And I guess dealing with kids is not just dealing with the rash, it's dealing with the kid and the parent. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a whole other, you know, kettle of fish, which is also rewarding because you have to, you got to really got to get the parents, et cetera, on board. But I guess the thing about children is that they can't necessarily tell you what's going on. Mm. You know, they don't tell you that they're itchy or that they're getting a pimple or that, they, you know, they, it's difficult because they can't 100% tell you. Whereas an adult, you can get a very clear history, makes a lot of sense. So I guess it's just learning to recognise signs a lot more in children and looking at patterns and, and you really, it's a, so much more visual, I think, in children. And then I guess the other thing is compliance with treatment is more difficult too. You know, you can't ask a child to put a cream and a moisturiser on every day. I mean, they're just not <laughs> going to do that. So there are the difficulties in compliance too. But I guess they're just different. Skin's very different when you're young. You're still developing immunity. You know, things like eczema are more common until you develop resilience and tolerance. And, um, you know, that as you age, those things sort of tend to peter out. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I guess the children don't have the words to describe, well, when I do this, my skin's like this, or if I change this, this is what I'm seeing, or this is how it's making me feel, or yeah, any of those different things. I never mm. thought about it from that element. You will learn very soon. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I'm going to have to learn to speak baby and child, yep, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> you will. <laughs> um, I'm interested to know as well. I mean, you've, you've spoken about holistic and internal and gut, and I think this is quite a unique um, approach to dermatology because a lot of the dermatologists I've spoke to, they're like, hard and fast, lasers, in and out, lots of medicine. I mean, where... You know, I mean, where does it even come from? You know, I mean, have you further studied that kind of more holistic and um, nutrition and kind of naturopathic way and obviously gut and bacteria or is that all included in the initial study? Um, look, we get taught in our studies what, what is clinically or ev what we call evidence-based. So basically they won't teach you anything that doesn't have scientific robust data to support uh -huh. so if, if in medicine if it's not what we call evidence-based therefore clinically tr clinical trial supported then you know we don't learn about it because according to western medicine it's all about what's evidence-based and that's what we recommend to our patients mm. so so you don't get any teaching on that but you you run you get you get the impression as you go along that what you've been taught isn't the whole story because there are unexplained things that happen Mm. And, you know, it, it happens far too many times that a patient says to me, oh, I, you know, I did such and such, which you think, well, that's not scientific and it worked. So, you know, right. I guess anecdotal stuff and, and chance event can't account for all of that. And I've had, you know, I work quite closely with um, a naturopath, a couple of naturopaths. And, you know, there are things that I don't know about that I appreciate that do 
do certainly affect the skin. So I know I can test somebody's hormones and they can be completely normal, but they've got acne that I know is hormonal, but mm. I can't test for it because the tests that I do and I've been trained to do and what's available on Medicare don't test for those kind of things. And that's where I would recruit the assistance of a naturopath or a Chinese herbal, a Chinese medicine doctor to, to test further afield than what I'm capable of doing because I know that those things do help my patients in combination with what I've prescribed. Yeah, interesting. It's nice to see that you're using, you know, not just um, intellectual intelligence, but that emotional intelligence as well, and kind of letting the letting what you know and your experience come forth through over what you've studied. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you work with lots of different practitioners like gynecologists, you've got plastic surgeons, you've got cosmetic nurse injectors, dermal clinicians. How have you found managing such a large team and then further such a large team with so many different personalities and learning styles and different modalities that they treat with? Um, it's not hard to manage a team that work collaboratively. And one of our, you know, part of our skin depth vision is that we we do work collaboratively. So everyone get who gets trained here or who comes to work here basically is of the understanding and gets the training in the fact that we all work together. So we wouldn't have anyone in here that didn't want to work in that way. So it's not that hard because everyone knows what everyone else does and they know where their limitations, what their limitations are, where their expertise ends and where the next person starts. So, you know, we may get patients that come in for anti-aging advice and they'll come and see me and I might prescribe them a topical retinol and suggest a facial treatment plan. The dermal clinicians will perform some treatments, but they know that they can't fix, you know, a jawline or a drooping face. So they'll refer to the plastic surgeon when they know that they can't do anything with their skin tightening machine. So, so I guess it all, everyone works really collaboratively and that's why we've chosen the particular group of people that we have. Um, so in terms of managing them, it doesn't take much because everyone's on the same page and they just know that they refer to the, you know, the next person if it's out of their, if out of their realm. And we love the fact that we can do that in one place rather than referring to a plastic surgeon or referring to a dermal clinician. We're able to do that all at once. And then the dermal clinicians will ask me about medical things and say, oh, is this appropriate? And then I'll say yes or no. And so, you know, the patient gets a really good experience and really good care because, everyone's working together for them rather than just getting one set of advice and off they go. Yes. So I find that approach for our patients works really well and certain patients may not like that, but the, you know, so they might go somewhere else, but for our patients, I think it works really, really well. And we're always in constant communication with each other about our patients. Mm, and I guess part of that is leaving ego at the door and knowing that you can't solve the world and somebody else in your practice can. But two, it's a very, very smart and savvy business idea, which I like because you're not saying go down the road to this clinic and they can help you because we don't have the tool or the knowledge or the expertise. You're cross-promoting within the business. So I like it a lot. Yeah, and I see... I think it's really important, as you say, to just really recognise what you can and can't do because you you can't just use one machine that you've got in your practice to fix everything. And I think it's a disservice to the patients and eventually they kind of cotton on to that. And I work with some amazing dermal clinicians around the area who know that and will refer for medical advice and I refer them back or vice versa. And I think I really respect when people realise that. And I know there are some clinics where people just treat, 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 treat when they perhaps shouldn't and should have referred. So 
you know, I find when people do that, it just shows a really good insight into their practice. And I think that shows their care for the patient, actually. And, you know, that they know that they're going to get a good outcome by combining people in their treatment. Yeah, absolutely. You're clearly a great leader of your space and also in the dermatology space. I'm wondering what you think the key is to being a great leader. Well, I don't know if I'm a great leader. You'd have to talk to some of my staff. <laughs> They've told um, me you are. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm no, I'm no good with the admin based things, you know, but what I, the part that I enjoy, and I guess that's the best part of being a leader is being the inspiration. So I love to inspire and come up with new ideas probably too many according to the people I work with but you know I love to come up with the new ideas and and be more visionary you know I think being a leader is is different to perhaps being a manager and I feel that with my qualifications and it, my role in this clinic is to be a leader rather than a manager I think to inspire to you know think about things differently and you know encourage my or encourage the team to think about things in a different way is really the role for me and I, and I like that you implement things and then you get good results and then everyone collaborates and and contributes and I think for me that's the that's the highlight of being a leader yeah incredible um 2020 has been a bit of a crazy year to say the least we've been upside down in lockdown and back again and we're seeing lots of skin conditions present now especially um under your specialty inflammation acne mm -hmm. mask rosacea all attached to stress no doubt um what excites you about the rest of the year? obviously melbourne is moving out of lockdown soon so that's certainly one thing to um, be excited about but what gives you hope moving into 2021 Look, I really hope that we learn from 2020 to be humbled, to not need as much as we think we need, to learn to be more resilient and use what we have. I mean, I know I certainly have learned that to be much more humble. And I think in everything that I think that I need and want, but also in the way that I deal with people. I've seen so many people, as you say, stressed, really suffering with mental health and resulting in rashes in their skin. And I think... It's a time for us to appreciate that and to appreciate each other and be humbled. And I hope we don't forget this time and we continue to think like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful note. Um, if you had any advice, just to wrap up, last question to anybody mm. that's listening to the podcast that's considering going down the dermatology pathway or um, skin specialist pathway, what would that be? Um, I would say make sure you love what you do. It's going to be a long journey if it's not what you love. Mm, yes, a very long journey, I, 13 years of study, in fact. <laughs> you've got to love it. You have to. Otherwise, the momentum, you won't be able to keep it up. Amazing. Dr. Alice Rudd, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I truly believe that when somebody is passionate about what they do, it shines through. And I am sure you could hear that from Dr. Rudd in our conversation today. I just simply adore the way the Skin Depth Clinic is run with multi-modality treatments, cross referrals to others in the space, and at the forefront of everything, the client's health and outcomes are kept in mind. If you loved and learned and want to see more of Dr. Alice and the team, you can do so over on the gram at Skin Depth Dermatology. 
Every week we share the most incredible career pathways and stories from our industry experts and people who inspire us to continue to build positive connections and community throughout our industry. So if that is you or somebody you know, please get in touch as I would love to have a chat with you on the record. The biggest thank you to you for listening and your time and your support of Beauté Industry and all of the guests we have on the podcast. We so truly appreciate it. Until next time, stay connected.